I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy New Year. Go blue. <laughs> this is the Rich Eisen Show. With an outstanding run. Touchdown, Wolverines. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Low snap, quarterback run up the middle. Yeah! He's not going to make it. Yeah! Everything that we went through this entire year it made us unbreakable. Today's guests, Pro Football Hall of Famer Charles Woodson, plus latest news and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We are live on the Roku channel for the first time since December 23rd. We're back after our vacation time all charged ready to roll here in 2024 on this rich eisen show terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have us Sirius xm odyssey and more we say hello to our podcast listeners and everybody that's making the overreaction monday podcast one of the most listened to podcasts out there Susie schuster and amy trask are going to give you what the football after their uh, time away is all over. We also have an announcement later on in this program about adding a new podcast for you to listen to on the Rich Eisen Podcast Network. You probably won't believe uh, who we're adding to our roster, <laughs> and uh, that's uh, that's that's later on in this program. Hey. So stay tuned for all three hours. And we say uh, a happy and healthy to everyone that's out there. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? Good Rich, to see you. I'm not as good as you, but I am doing well. Thank uh-huh. you. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you. Same to you. Jay Felly, good to see hey. you. Is Del Tufo still in Jersey? Is that what's going on? I have no idea. Okay. Everything ready. Very good. We need a, a low jack on Del Tufo. And then look who is reported as eligible for the Rich Eisen I, Show hey. today. Did you report? I didn't see, or, you know, I, I didn't see if you, did you report, TJ? Are well, you mean, officially was, eligible for that, the show today? That was going to be my opening line, but you, you took oh, it. Oh, I so didn't I, know that. All I can say now I is, don't know. Merry New Year. Merry you New know, Year. And I am, I am eligible for the show for today and the rest of 2024 and, you know, going the, forward. How about them Cowboys? It was a great moment for Jimmy Johnson for the Ring of Honor, the way he leaned into that phrase as well. Oh, that's the new oh, one. All right. That's the new drop. Wow. The first new drop of the new year on the Rich Eisen Show. I may have had water in my eyes oh, when that great. was all going on. It was a great maybe, moment. Whatever. It's if business. only that would be one of the moments we're still talking about from that game. <laughs> we'll hit that on this show as well. Uh, but we lead with this this program with uh, what I think everybody knows we we're going to be leading with. The Cowboys? Nope. Oh. <laughs> Let's start this program with the college football playoff doubleheader. 
that happened on New Year's Day and the awesomeness of college football, despite it taking 19 hours to complete from start to finish. It was a long, long, full day of watching college football. But uh, And it felt a little longer for yours truly, sitting in the Rose Bowl with my fam. I bet. Sue's and the three kids and my uh, nephew, Jack Schuster. What a part of it as well. Good old Jack. He was there. We were hanging out with 100,000 other friends, including Stool Presidente to my right. Everybody saw me hanging out. Uh, by the way, Joel Cloud of Fox Sports BFS. right behind me. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Just expanding your, your, your resume, fun. Rich. A lot you know? of fun. And just watching Michigan versus Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Just bringing back memories for me because it was in 1990 that I covered my first Rose Bowl for the greatest student publication on uh, college campuses everywhere, if I may say. The Michigan Daily was covering the 1990 Rose Bowl for Michigan. And it turned out to be Bo Schembechler's final game as head coach of the University of Michigan. And uh, I'll never forget that day against USC, Michigan, the three yards in a cloud of dust, Bo Schembechler calling a fake punt with minutes to go to keep Michigan on the field. And it works to perfection. Bo Schembechler, talk about a breaking of tendencies, calling a fake punt. And it worked only until there was a holding penalty called on Bobby Abrams, who played in the NFL for a while, including for the New York football giants. And uh, it was a weird ticky-tack penalty that Bo Schembechler blew a famous gasket on and got a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty thrown on him because he threw his headset so hard, he nearly fell and cartwheeled over ass over tea kettle on that one. And it was just an introduction for me, Rose Bowls, that I covered, was physically there for, and just in general, more often than not, Michigan in bowl games, like last year's Fiesta Bowl, weird stuff happens. Some of it self-inflicted, you know, like last year against TCU. Starting off and J.J. McCarthy gets it down on the one-yard line and they call some weird trick play that causes them to lose yardage. They go for it anyway and come away with no points. And that started off a day where Michigan had touchdowns taken off the board by replay only to fumble it the next play. Weird stuff happens. And as long as Michigan could avoid the weird stuff, I thought they had a chance to beat Alabama. And guess what happened in the game? Starting off. Weird stuff. (laughs) The first plate looked perfect to me. I I had a perfect angle of it. Michigan was coming towards me. And uh, and J.J. McCarthy had wide open receivers, and he held onto the ball for some reason too long and threw it late right to an Alabama defender. First play of the game, an interception. That's so weird. (laughs) But um, thankfully, the Alabama defender was out of bounds and illegally touched the ball and replay corrected it only to have Michigan punt the ball away, play well defensively, and then fumble the ensuing punt themselves. Weird stuff was happening. And I'm like, oh, God, weird stuff is happening. <laughs> like uh, a, a, a 15-yard penalty for a block for one of the Michigan players, I guess, hitting an Alabama player with his helmet. That blew up a drive. Then st- weird stuff like um, missing an extra point because the snap got rolled back on uh, a missed field goal because there was a high snap. Um, a flea flicker that uh, didn't work. Let me just leave it at that. Um, uh, One, I mean, fumbles and and mistakes that Michigan hadn't made all year long. And I'm like, here we go. And just like the Alabama win over Auburn, 
where Milrow didn't look good for much of the game. Just hang in there and then start making plays and take the lead, and that's what Alabama did. And I guess the Michigan versus everybody hashtag bet Wolverines then came out. And that's what I was hoping for. That's what I was banking on. That's what everybody in Michigan world was thinking, that maybe this team is different. And even though the first several quarters of mistake and mistake and mistake that was tearing down what appeared to be some really ingenious play calling in the first half that Nick Saban must have sniffed out in the locker room because that third quarter was all Alabama. And then Michigan changed the, if you will, wait for it, Todd. <laughs> with, with, with a drive for the ages, a drive for the ages where Harbaugh went for it on fourth and two in his own end with four minutes to go. And I love the decision. I thought to myself, that's a major problem normally but maybe they'll just come up with a, a play call and go for it because I, I, I didn't want them to punt it back. I didn't think they'd get another possession out of it the way that sometimes Milrow was running with the ball when he actually got a, a decent snap snap to him. That fourth down play, Blake Corums comes out of the out of, out of flat and he was wide open. It's because the, the Wolverines were scheming their heads off with motions and different formations and ways that we hadn't seen um, in the third quarter and the ways that they clearly spent the four weeks leading up to the game trying to come up with stuff that Alabama didn't see. Corum didn't come out of the back backfield very much at all, all season long to catch passes. He did here. And uh, Roman Wilson came up with the play of his life two plays after another mistake of pushing an Alabama defender in the back when Michigan was driving down the field. I, I honestly thought when J.J. McCarthy let that pass go and Roman Wilson went up to get it, it was intercepted. That's the way it looked. And he not only grabbed that ball and high-pointed it, but gained about 10 more yards after it. Wound up scoring the touchdown two plays later. We go to overtime. And um, and in that overtime, Michigan scored first and got a major break. One last bad snap at Jalen Milrow's feet on fourth down, and he, I think he panicked a little bit and decided to take it himself rather than go through with the play, which looked like it was going out to the flat. And Michigan actually wins the football game. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Right there in front of me, it was glorious. It was, and I, I understand Michigan is viewed nationally as a bunch of cheaters, and is viewed nationally as a team that is not deserving of a lot of the kudos being thrown their way. And there's a large number of people that that don't see it the way that I do. I, I totally get it. But for me, this is truly one of the greatest days of my entire life. And I had, because, you know, Susie was there. My three kids were there. Michigan's name was painted in an end zone that I saw with my own two eyes painted there on uh, when I was a senior covering the team. And for this team to keep doing what they are doing and to keep on going the way that they are going and keep on facing adversity, much of it, you know, in many ways, I get it, self-inflicted. For them to keep doing what they are doing and going to the national championship game to take on a Washington team that is feeling the same way as Michigan, that they are a team of destiny, that they have everything going for themselves, for them to make it to this national championship game at the Rose Bowl and the beautiful 
Rose Bowl, the greatest place to watch a college football playoff game. It was unbelievable for me. I will never forget it. It was one of the greatest days of my entire life, and I, I cannot say it enough. I couldn't believe what I was seeing in front of me, that this team overcame all the mistakes and overcame all of the adversity from this year to get to where they are. It's the greatest. And I can't, uh, I can't, I can't be taken down a single peg or a single notch. It is exactly what... I never thought would happen, certainly a few years ago, the way that this program was going. So to Jim Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum and that defense, my God. Unbelievable. Spectacular. Congrats, man. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I got a ton of texts from people as if I played. Eisenpalooza. That was that. <laughs> it. it was Eisenpalooza. Uh, Thank you, funny. Coach. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. And meanwhile... Um, Washington comes into the national championship game with an insanely talented offense. You could say best offense in college football. You say that? Ooh, yeah, I think could so. Could you say that? Uh, you yeah. got a Heisman Trophy candidate Heisman, quarterback sure. in Michael Penix Jr., who, by the way, has beaten Michigan before as a member of Indiana football. And the way that he is playing – the receivers that he's playing with, you could, you could, could you make a case that the receivers he's playing with um, would make a, a ton of NFL teams better right now? Uh, I guess Rome, Roma Dunze could start this weekend, right? For 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 the Houston for, Texans, yes, in a playoff game for them this coming week, no doubt against the Colts, no doubt. He's going to be playing in the home of the Texans, right? Um, they are, and they feel. They feel as destined as Michigan does. They're 14-0 also. How about getting a national championship game of two 14-0 teams going at it? And this is an old-school Rose Bowl matchup and a future Big Ten conference matchup. And Texas damn near pulled it off. I just want to say this because, again, you know, obviously there was so much going on in this football game. But the uh, do you think... Steve Sarkeesian would want the play calling back at the end of that game. Uh, I, I honestly yeah. thought when they got that um, first down out of what could have been viewed as uh, with the uh, Texas running back grabbing the ball and kind of he had the finger he had the fingertips on it, trying to secure it a little bit while getting the one foot dead. But that was one of those that if it was called incomplete on it the field, stayed correct. But it was called complete on the field, and yes. it stayed that way. I think exactly. that's what it was. Yep. But that just gave Texas what appeared to be enough time for four shots at the end zone because of the way that Washington, for whatever reason, didn't take knees, kept handing the football off. Um, and a, an injury caused the clock to stop. And um, and gave an extra timeout to Texas, and they used it to their advantage. And I thought they had enough time for four shots at the end zone with one of the most remarkable 50-50 pass catchers we've seen in college football over the last three years. Adonai Mitchell, who they showed in the broadcast, had a touchdown pass now in five straight college football playoff games because he played 
for Georgia the last two years. Mm-hmm. And he had a touchdown in every single one of Georgia's playoff victories in their back-to-back championship seasons. I thought they were going to throw at least two 50-50 balls in his direction. The first one went out in the flat. What the hell for? It's like a little. We're like trying to gain three. two, three more yards, and if he was know, if he was tackled in the field of play, game over. Game is over. Yeah. I didn't understand that one at all. And I'm sitting there at home in the very rare position. It was the first time for me. It was a first for me to be sitting there wondering which team would I rather play in the national championship. Right. Never, uh, honestly, <laughs> uh, I felt like I needed oxygen. I was in such. I was like on the top of Mount Olympus. <laughs> My head was. I was feeling a little bit groggy. Needing oxygen. And I thought to myself, seeing all those dudes in their cowboy hats and their neckerchiefs and screaming with Bevo, oh my God, I don't want to face that team at Houston. <laughs> and so here comes Washington against Michigan. And um, I can't wait for that. We'll be talking about it all week long. One last thing on this. Much said about the college football playoff committee and the four teams that they chose for the semifinals that we saw play out yesterday and we watched Georgia set a new record for largest margin of victory in the history of college football ball games breaking the 58 point mark they set last year in whooping TCU just up the road from us here for the national championship game it was 58 last year it's now 60 and I'm sitting there watching Florida State thinking to myself well they're missing all these folks who decided to transfer portal out because they're like, I'm not sticking around at a spot that's undefeated and doesn't get a shot at the college football playoffs, even though there's eight more teams coming in next year. That makes much sense. But then again, I'm that's their world. I don't know what's going on there. If that was part of the decision for a bunch of people to hit the portal or for them to basically say, we're not playing, which is going to be a larger issue for any team that doesn't make the playoffs. And for the bowl season, the most Wonderful time of the year that people are wringing their hands over. No longer being as significant as it used to be. And that's just the way the cookie now crumbles in college football. So for whatever reason, you know, Florida State was missing all those people. And that may be a reason why they lost by 60. In the same way that I'm hearing from columbus ohio people talking about well we were we were we were this guy wasn't playing that guy wasn't playing and that's why we didn't score a single touchdown against missouri but even though georgia was attempting to make a statement i have to say can't really argue at the end of the day with what the college football playoff committee came up with if the metric is in fact we need competition we want watchable competition We want exciting competition, and we want, if we could have one of the two games come down to the last snap, we'll take that. How does both games coming down to the last snap try that one on for size? That's what happened. Pretty good. Kind of nailed it. (laughs) That's what happened. One in overtime and one at the end of regulation. Last snap college football playoff action. So you just got to revisit the conversation from a month ago and say, I guess they got it right. I guess they got it right. Had Georgia made it, I, I, you know, had Georgia beaten Alabama, you know, I think Michigan would have played Washington yesterday instead of a week from now. 
Right, that would have been the two. The, that would have been the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that would have been two three Rose Bowl matchup. Right, and Georgia would have taken on Florida State in in the um, well they, in the Sugar Bowl. They would have played Texas. They would have played Texas, right? Yeah. So Florida State would have been out at the expense of I think, Texas. I think Florida State was out. Okay, kind of regardless. If, okay, you know. Yeah. Well, you got to give it up because both of those games were incredible. All right, now one last thing. Sitting at the Rose Bowl, I got a 12-year-old on my right named Cooper Rising who watched with dismay, and he was complaining about it. And it's not because he hears his dad complain about it. But every single time there was a timeout on the field, he was looking at this dude who has a clock on a stick. The stick is as tall as the human. And on top of the stick is a red LED clock that lights up with the amount of time, the commercial break that they're about to take, how long it lasts. And the number of times that we saw that dude with the stick hop out on the field and the three-digit number started with a three. He was like, another timeout. Another timeout. Another time. It would be score, timeout, kickoff, timeout. Next series, injury, timeout. It's just, how, how can you play football that way, where you're constantly stopping? And at what point do you, do you have to say, we're just not going to dig into the trough with both fists and actually keep the play going? That momentum in a game is as important as digging with, with both hands into Dr. Pepper's pocket. And I, I guess fans don't care. That the game ended in the Sugar Bowl at one in the morning Eastern time. Very late. One in the morning. (laughs) Very late. So, yeah, college football playoff committee, you got it right, and it came down to the last snap. Who the hell saw it on the East Coast? Some diehards. That's about it. Dude. Yeah, Albert Bear tweeted that out, Rich. He said, score, commercial, kickoff, commercial, next possession. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. You know what you do? You just tell Dr. Pepper, we'll take 75% of your money, and what we'll do is we'll take a 30-second break, and we are going to give you a border over the commercial break. So on the left side, you're going to keep it here. People will see what's going on at the stadium, and on the right side is your commercial. And then we'll give you a border on top of it so you can put your logo and your and sell it to whatever. And the people, you know, you know, that sort of stuff goes can go for a half million, a million bucks. How about doing that? And putting the kids back on the field and playing football. All right. But today is a moment of happiness for me. I need to relive that. Truly the greatest day of my life. Usa. You have uh, honestly, children, and right? I, I, I know, but they were born and they were there with me. They, they were born and they were there with me. My wedding. I married her. She was there with me. Wearing my T-shirt, the first T-shirt I bought in the Michigan Moe's bookstore in 1986. And Susie was wearing it? Yes. Oh, that's kind of dope, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. The, the, the shirt that I wore out to midfield as being the honorary captain on the day Chris Brockman watched me black out. Ooh. Or the day after I spoke to the team. Black that gear that sure. I wore to, to the, um, the coin flip out to the middle of the field. Zan was wearing it. Oh. My oldest son was wearing it. You know, my daughter, Taylor, we were sitting to my left, Coop to my right, my nephew to his right, uh, David Portnoy to his right. Prez. The Prez wound up on his Twitter feed. All right. 
I could go on and on and on. I'm a happy guy. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it's happened. It's the greatest. And I want to talk about it with everybody out there. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. But when we come back, we talk about another team that plays football in the state of Michigan, the Detroit Lions, and what happened to them and what they did to make it worse. I'll be straight up. And um, how that may be the greatest thing to happen to the Dallas Cowboys in quite some time. We need it. And you got it. And that's next. And still to come, also, Bill Belichick speaking on his future. Jim Harbaugh speaking on his future. Overreaction Monday on a Tuesday in your future. That's all coming up with Charles Woodson in Hour 3. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, apparently there's team coverage of my reaction to Michigan winning. Um, oh, oh. Sue sent this video to Hoskins. So roll it. Here we go. It's Zan. There's Jack. There's Coop. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, there's Portnoy over there. <laughs> He's wearing that bright yellow. Jacket. See, that's Zan. I, that's what I was wearing to the uh, to out to halftime. At, okay. In, in, uh, I've seen that in picture. 2016 yeah. was that when we went there, Chris? Yeah. Wow. Now yeah. eight years ago. Dude, it was unreal. Place, man. Oh, the Rose Bowl is Well, it was the... Alabama on, on that side. You could see the red, and you could see where most of the maize yeah. and the blue is, right? Do you guys know the official yeah. attendance from last night? No, it, got, it had to have been 100. It was close to it, if not that. But there you go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. How much of this did she shoot? Oh, my God. You're not going to drop an F-bomb, right? No, <laughs> I'm not sure much of Come on, I'm there with my children, bro. <laughs> yeah, Joe Klatt was right behind us. We're on Roku. Cursing's technically oh, that's true. fine. That's true. I'm on fire! 
fire. Nice. <laughs> hey, there you have it. Drop that, man. Now the uh, the Portnoy angle. Do we have that? By the way, my phone's blowing up, blowing up saying you're on the barstool feed. You were. Words that's that have a, never happened to me it. before. Well, that's, that's not true. That's I've been on Pardon it. My Take a couple times. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Yeah, I, said, <laughs> I sent this to Lawan before the game, the saying, where are you, man? Yeah, he was just at home, right? Huh? Taylor was just at home. Yeah, well, he's he, he he was too busy. Oh. That's what he said. I'm like, what, you're not hopping on Trump's jet wow. to get out here? Wow. This, that's what I said to him. <laughs> <laughs> he said Spirit Airlines. I'm like, you're the one who put Spirit in it. Wow. But no, he said he's he's on first take today. He's doing a lot. Oh, Lawan is? Because oh, Taylor's blowing up. Yeah. But, you know, now Portnoy could afford the motor and the bus. He can. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. So I'm uh, walking through the parking lot at the Rose Bowl, walking into the game. And the number of Michigan Wolverine fans that stopped me or in passing just as drive-bys, if you will, Mm -hmm. as they were walking to their gate in an opposite direction, the number of them from that large subset of Michigan Wolverine Detroit Lion fans that they would say to me, Rich, we got screwed. Are you going to talk about it? And I'm like, I have, like, I've I've talked about it, but I'm more than happy to talk about it when we come back on the show. You're going to talk about the officiating, Rich? We got screwed? Let me just say this. First of all, the Detroit Lions got screwed. That happened. Brad Allen got confused. You could say the Lions confused the official as much as they were trying to confuse the Cowboys. Should Brad Allen be confused? The answer to that is no. The head ref has got a white hat for a reason. Because he should not be confused. He should not be caught up in the craziness of a moment. And trust me, you can be on the field if you're there for, like, the first time. It took me a few years standing on a sideline to not be confused by a lot. I'll never forget the first Super Bowl I covered. 20, soon to be one Super Bowls ago. Standing in the end zone of, the, uh, of, the, uh, of, of where the national championship game is next week. That's right. Um, watching the Patriots go away from me, away from my end zone against the Carolina Panthers defense in that Super Bowl. Every time Brady let go of the football, I thought it was going to be intercepted. And every single time a Patriot receiver came and caught it exactly where Brady was throwing it. It took me a few of those attempts to realize, oh, this is on purpose. Brady knows exactly where he's throwing it. It's confusing. After a while, though, it shouldn't be confusing anymore. And when you're an official in the NFL and you got a bunch of people coming up at you saying, I'm reporting, I'm not reporting, you should just take a beat, figure it out, get it all done. Wait a minute, who's reporting? Oh, Dan Skipper, large number 70, is reported me reported to me as eligible multiple times this game. You're just you're just running at me and maybe even making a motion, but you're not saying anything. And wait a minute, Decker, you just came up to me and said you're reporting. How many of you guys are reporting? Wait, is Panay Sewell standing here? Are you reporting? It's not the official's job to ask who's reporting. They're supposed to report. The official's supposed to take in that information, then get it straight. number of times that I get confused just 
you know, in just daily life, talking to Sue's, my kids, contractors, maybe. Like, wait a minute. So you're just telling me something. Am I getting this right? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going right? to cost me yeah, money right. if I get this wrong or it's going to cost me, you know, an argument. I don't need it. I know I don't need the grief that's coming. Brad Allen just looked at like at Skipper and, and it looked like he's just like, oh, OK. So and he even said to the pool reporter after the game. Oh, he reported to me multiple times in the game. Did he just assume Dan Skipper was the one reporting? You're not supposed to assume. And so he apparently told the Cowboys number 70 is eligible. And he lined up, you know, in a spot. Ineligible. Well, well, no, the way that it was, the way that he lined up, he was ineligible. Yeah. Because, but, but the way that they lined up was to have Taylor Decker eligible. Right. Mm-hmm. So the way that they said they reported and I do believe reported to Brad Allen, they nailed the execution of this to AT yeah, cool to use play. the phrase and the hand movement that Dan Campbell used in his postgame press conference Saturday. He nailed it. They nailed it to AT and to the point also of them trying to confuse the Cowboys by running up multiple linemen to Brad Allen. As Dan Campbell said in his Monday press conference, New Year's Day press conference, that was part of their plan was to confuse any Cowboys who didn't hear from Brad Allen because they he did as soon as he ran away from the rest of the Lions talking to him because he immediately told the Cowboys number 70 is eligible. And in case the Cowboys didn't hear that, some of the defenders didn't hear that, or didn't hear him get on his belt mic to the rest of the Jones Mahal to say who's eligible, maybe they would miss that. That's what Campbell said after uh, the, uh, at his press conference Monday. Check it out. It's about eligibility. That's what it's about. And... It has nothing to do with the ref. The ref knows. He knows because 68 reported. It's for the defense so that they see three different people, and you're just hoping they happen to not hear that it's 70. That's all. Problem is they did such a good job. Brad Allen didn't hear it. Because mm. I think he just assumed it was 70 because he told the pool reporter, he, he reported to me as eligible twice. I guess he just assumed here he comes again. Now then, that might be a reason why Taylor Decker was so damn wide open. They didn't think he was yeah, eligible. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't the guy who was listed, exactly. so that's why he was let go. It can be entirely possible that that's what happened, which means it's on Brad Allen. He screwed it up because the way the Lions lined up, it was perfect. They nailed it. Now then, when you look in the rule book, is there a rule that says you must still go for two when you're at the seven-yard line. That, that, that uh, hold on a second. I have a notebook over here. That's TJ has a script. Hey, man, I love Dan Campbell. I chose Dan Campbell as my coach of the year candidate going into the season. I tweeted out Saturday morning thinking about it because we I did my top five most intriguing matchups of the week, you know, on vacation and posted it on YouTube, and as soon as we hit it up there, I'm like, damn it, I didn't even think about this until Saturday morning. So I said it on on X, Twitter, 
that, hey, Jimmy Johnson's finally going in the ring of honor tonight. Mm -hmm. Troy Aikman's in the booth, and you know Jerry Jones. I'm paraphrasing. There's over 280 characters already. You know Jerry Jones is going to have every living cowboy legend that's willing to come or in the area back. And they were Everybody was It was like a night at the Cowboys Museum. All of the museum artifacts were alive. They were there. And this was a pure, perfect recipe for a Dan Campbell, Lions era, pelt-on-the-wall type win. And despite giving up 227 yards to CeeDee Lamb, and despite having that spectacle at halftime, and it was awesome, and Jimmy Johnson nailed his speech, and I loved how he leaned in to Irv and Emmett to nail that, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? To end his speech. It was good. <laughs> was pitch perfect. It was good. It was good. <laughs> and the Lions came out and had a terrific third quarter. And I'm like, this is it. They're going to do it. Even with CeeDee Lamb going nuts. And I thought, this is it. They're going to do it. Because Mike McCarthy, for some unknown reason, on second and 14, says throw it. And Dak, for some reason, doesn't take the sack, which would have been better than him airmailing it out of bounds at the pylon. Mm -hmm. Once that happened, he gave the Lions an extra timeout and an extra 40 seconds that they did, in fact, use to get down the field and score the touchdown to put them in the position to go for two, which is what Dan Campbell said he told the team prior to them taking the field for that touchdown drive. And for some reason, he said, because he told the team that, they were going to do it, no matter what. By the way, if you notice, Troy called that, I think, on Dallas's third down. He said, Dude, if the Lions get the ball back and they score, they're going for two. Like, because C.D. Lamb couldn't be stopped. And yeah. I don't blame him for going to – for the first two-point conversion attempt, I have no problem with that. No. Certainly, if you've got a play that you have executed and you, you believe you've told work. the officials before the game, yeah. the this is going to happen. All, and again, it's not the official's job to say, oh, okay, so this is the play that you told us about before the game. You're going to use it right now? Because that's not their job. No. Their job is to take in this information and maybe understand what's happening in the moment and certainly to know who's reporting is eligible and not and get that straight before a snap is had. That's for sure. But it's not their job to say, oh, so you talked about it before. This is the moment? Okay, we'll just be your dupes to try and dupe the Cowboys. That's not their job. So I don't have a problem for that two-point conversion. I, I couldn't believe he went for it from the seven-yard line. And then they got Micah Parsons offside, and it's a free play. And, and he came and get mad. And I had explained to my kids, the reason why it's on the three and a half is it's because it's half the distance to the goal. Right. I thought they should put it back at the two to be straight up with you. Like, forget half the distance. Like, this is a two-point conversion. Maybe you go look at that. But again, as you know, I'm not on the competition committee. So, yeah, <laughs> from the three-and-a-half-yard line, I'm like, does he still go for it again? Had they kicked the extra point from the seven-yard line, you could have gone into overtime, maybe scored, gotten the ball first, right down the field again, and the game's over. over. Right. And we're not talking about Brad Allen today. As we're, matter of fact, we're talking about how incredible the Saturday night game was and how incredible the Monday night games in college football were. And we're talking about Jimmy Johnson's amazing press conference. I mean, uh, uh, halftime ceremony. Instead, we're talking about Brad Allen, and rightfully so, 
I, I, I don't know how this guy referees another game this year. Straight up, and I don't. I, I should, you know, I don't. I don't think I'm going to get fined. <laughs> Honestly, well, Schefter did report that the, that crew has that been crew downgraded. They're not doing a playoff. Well, game. then the league should come out and say why. Yeah. Because trust me, every Lions fan that passed me in a parking lot in in uh, at the Rose Bowl deserves that sort of explanation from the National Football League. But now, can it, I bring but, something? But, up? Hold on a second. But one last thing. Uh, one last thing. Don't give up 227 yards to, to CeeDee Lamb. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Let's That's for starters. Figure out how to bracket 88 a little uh, bit. Uh, Don't do that. Don't throw two interceptions, including one with two minutes to go, which, by the way, again, Mike McCarthy only took 10 seconds off the clock after that. Don't do that. The Lions did not play perfect enough to overcome an officiating mistake from Brad Allen and then made, made decisions after that that just leave my head scratching. Um, but... It's just only going to make the Lions stronger, by the way. Um, this was Dan Campbell again on Monday. Spectacular. Uh, I, I just love this guy. Go ahead and hit it. I woke up yesterday. I'm, I'm ready, man. I've got controlled fury, and uh, I'm ready to go. We're going to feel sorry for ourselves and Walter and everything. We had plays to make. We didn't make them. And uh, it's a tight game, a good opponent, playoff-type atmosphere, and you got to make that that one extra play that we didn't. And... Uh, so we will use this as fuel. I got pure octane right now. I woke up. I'm ready. So we're moving forward. Pure octane. Uh, they're going to need it because it looks like the Rams are going to come into their house with Matthew Stafford on super wild card super. weekend. And uh, if they get past that and the Cowboys can get past maybe Green Bay. Looks like that. I mean, old school Packers Ooh. at Cowboys on super wild card weekend. McCarthy. Guess what? It looks like the Lions are going to have to walk back into their house again because of the way the results broke on that game and the way that the Cardinals went 2-0 and in the state of Pennsylvania this year. <laughs> Doing to the Eagles what they did to the Steelers a few weeks ago. So, didn't help that the Lions kept going for two and didn't make it. Certainly didn't help that the Eagles then lost to the Arizona Cardinals to make this result even that much more important, where we're still talking about Brad Allen, not only today, but potentially on divisional playoff weekend when the Lions have to stroll back into that house again and do it one more time, which they're fully capable of doing. That's the way everything broke from Saturday night all the way to the minute Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and James Conner came up with the win in Philadelphia, which is now a Cowboys win at the Commanders away from having to go on the road and take on maybe the Bucks, who, despite getting smoked, they got New Orleans sainted, which is what Brady's got to be sitting at home. Rick Dalton, Jeff pointing at the screen, going, oh, I noticed that when the Saints do that to the Bucks. Um, the Bucks are still a win in Carolina and in from scenario from hosting what looks like the Eagles. By the way, Jalen Hurts' first career playoff game lost to Tom Brady in that building. So, wild, wild sequence from Saturday night all the way to Sunday in Philadelphia. We'll take a break. We'll take some phone calls. I'll then ask you your, you know, what you want to say, TJ. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Don't go anywhere. So much to talk about. It's just us until Charles Woodson joins us top of hour three. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm kind of even going through my Twitter feed on the break here because my computer here is a little bit behind my phone and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing a lot of the stuff from the Rose Bowl. You know, for the first time during the break here. Beautiful day, too. Dude, you see J.J. Watt said it's the greatest turf he's ever stepped on in his 34 years. It just, let me just. It looked a little slippery, to be honest. Well, you know what? It's it's California. I mean, when the sun goes down. It gets a little. Dude, uh, it got cold in the stadium. Like, it's science. Science. Condensation. You know what I mean? I I feel you. But, uh, and both teams started slipping when the sun went down. And that's just, again, let me just say this. It's a good song. May I cape for the Rose Bowl, please? Because it's, it's a quarterfinal next year, and I don't know if they're in the semifinal or final mix. It's a quarterfinal yes. next year. Interesting. Because the, I think what they want to do is keep it on, or, or at least the TV folks want to keep it on New Year's Day. I don't know. Or or I think that the semifinals and the finals oh, are I'll a financial the, buy. I'll like the, the stadium's got to buy their way in. And I don't know if the Rose Bowl is, you know, the – it competes with a lot of these other conferences or facilities. I, I don't know yeah. the way it works. Yeah, the Rose Bowl is going to be on Wednesday, January 1st to next year. Quarterfinal. By the way, for a quarterfinal, okay, but yeah. hey, do not forget the Rose Bowl for a semifinal or a final. Every time a big game happens, remember Georgia and Oklahoma a couple of years ago? That went to overtime, too. We were there. That was six Dude, years ago. I mean, triple it, overtime. It is the spot. It starts in the sunlight. It ends in the darkness. Right. You watch the you watch the the mountains change colors. It is a perfect sight lines. It is there's a field. There's the seats. That's it, and everything else around it. There's no greater place than the Rose Bowl. Keep it in mind, please. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the program. What did you want to say about the the Cowboys? Oh well, you know, getting back to the whole thing that happened right at the two minute mark Peyton Hendershot gets called for a tripping penalty that Aiden Hutchinson actually had that, that Tony Pollard gets an eight yard gain it was Hutchinson like you said who actually threw his leg out the penalty should have been called on the lines yeah. and so instead of a second and eight it turns into a first and 25 if that is called properly then none of that matters the, the refs got that call just blatantly wrong and also yeah. that's just the biggest thing but also you just kept saying they can't stop C.D. Lamb. There's going to be 23 seconds left with a touch, a timeout. Brandon Aubrey, he's good from about 66 yards. That's possible. Uh, it's possible. But, Hell yeah. it, but none of that matters if they don't call that penalty on Peyton. By the way, the so uh, that's just let me just say one last thing on this, too. The ascension of C.D. Lamb. Oh, baby, yeah. 
is he the best receiver in the NFL? Because again, Justin Jefferson had an injury marred year. Seriously, straight or you up. should say that, Rich. I almost did an overreaction topic about that. I don't think that's an that. overreaction. I feel as he's a, unstoppable. And, and, like, and McCarthy puts him in a slot. He puts him everywhere. Yeah. He put him in the backfield a few times. Loved it. He has been incredible. Mm-hmm. And what he has done for the Dallas Cowboys when everyone, you know, again, Amari Cooper, who is going to have a certain piece of Michigan apparel sent his way to Cleveland soon. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were saying, hey, Dallas made a mistake letting him go. I still and, think and, we made a mistake, and, though. And I understand why you would say that because he what he – Cleveland fans are like, thank you. Um, and and he is that good. He is that guy. But CeeDee Lamb has ascended. He, I think both of them, though. Rich. He is unstoppable. He's unguardable. He is truly, I think, the best receiver in the game. And I know I'm talking about Tyreek Hill, too. I'm serious here. Certainly, we're in that Number two, there's a certain pressure that comes with it, and and this offense needs him to be number one, and he has ascended with that pressure on him. Absolutely. It needs to be pointed out. You know? And he's from start to finish all year long, he is he's stayed healthy, he has answered the bell, and he's killing it. And this guy, now that he's gonna play football games at home in the playoffs, holy cow, what a huge and result because Dallas at home and on the road are two different teams. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. And it appears the only spot that they're going to have to go to in order to make the Super Bowl that's not Dallas is San Francisco. And maybe somebody picks them off and Dallas just stays at home all the way through the NFC playoffs. God, if you listen. I mean, that is another aspect of what happened Saturday night that may come home to roost. Certainly the way CeeDee Lamb is playing football and the way the defense starts rallying around the football at home as opposed to the, to the uh, on the road. So wanted to point that out. Appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, Uber ZJ here oh. in Los Angeles, first in, first up. What's Yo. up? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, what's going on, Uber ZJ? Hey, uh, good to talk to you again, Rich. Same uh, here. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say, man. I'm so happy for, for you and for all of us, all of us Michigan fans, man. I mean, what do they have to say now? What what can anybody say? Well, um, there's a lot of people that could say whatever they want, but you and I uh, obviously uh, are, are lockstep in believing that everything that happened over the season has been uh, asked, answered, and, and suspensions have been served, and – Last night, a team had four weeks to prepare for Alabama, and Alabama had four weeks to prepare for Michigan, and Michigan appeared to be more prepared. And they, they, mean, were, they, were, they were coming up with tendency breakers and motions and all sorts of stuff I hadn't seen all year long. And that's a credit I to mean, Harbaugh and Sharon Moore and Jesse Minter, whose defense locked down Alabama for quite a bit. Absolutely. And all the experts, I, I don't remember many people other than Dez picking um, – picking Michigan to win. Everybody picked against them, and I was confident that, that Michigan was going to win. I actually had tickets, but I was very under the weather, so I didn't end up making it, but, I mean, it was just as sweet, and I got to see you with, on the Barstool feed. And <laughs> I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy, man. I mean, uh, from the from the OH knowers mm. to the, you know, from the SECers who always want to, you know, put down the Big Ten, and even just the general haters. What's up, Brockman? 
um, everybody, <laughs> everybody voting against. I got everybody, you. Everybody was picking against Michigan. It really is Michigan versus everybody. And just real quick, shout out to TJ. You're my guy. Even though you're a Cowboys fan, I love you, man. You're my guy. All right, what up, man? There we go. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Uber ZJ. You drive around safe and give me five stars if ever I get in your car, please. <laughs> there you go. There's Uber ZJ. I like him. I understand everybody's thinking the everybody against Michigan is because Michigan had a staffer that hired a bunch of people to shoot video of other people's sidelines. By the way, did, so, you, did you see he was at the game yesterday? Was Connor Stallings there? Hmm, just w- was he there? He was. Well, he deserved to be there. Dude. I don't know if his phone was at the game. Nice. <laughs> whatever. Game. Whatever. Whatever. Check it before he walked Whatever. In. This is over that had nothing to do with yesterday at all. And the coverage of the catapult scandal that is absolutely out there that needs to be addressed, this app that puts that has everybody watching game film on. And, you know, it, it came again. They say they haven't been hacked. I totally believe it. Then fine. Alabama saying we're not watching one one Alabama player says in a press conference we're not watching film on our iPad and everyone says oh it's because because they're afraid Michigan's on it Michigan hasn't been on their iPads either bunch of teams aren't on their iPads anymore because they believe that there's something hanky going on on these devices but let's all talk about how it's Michigan fine because these kids believe it is everybody against them and I love it one more game, use that, whatever you can use, whatever fuel you can use to fire up that fire even more, do it. Fantastic. Hour two coming up. Please keep it going. All of them. Because Washington believes they are a team of destiny too. And it's two 14-0 teams who believe this is their year Nobody's going to stop them. Both have quarterbacks that the team believes in fully. Both have coaches that are locked in and staff have locked in. Both have dynamite players that I'm going to be talking about in Indianapolis and Detroit next year at the Combine in the draft. Anything that you can use as a leg up, use it. And right now, Michigan players believe They are the villains, and they are loving it. And I am still getting used to being the villain. It's tough. Again, you got to tell me how that feels, Chris. It's, you it's, tell me it's how not feels. tough. It's the greatest feeling okay, ever. Great. Come to the dark side. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm there. Because you lived there in all those years. Everybody thought that, that the flake gate was because, you know, it's to the benefit of the Patriots. Yeah. And video gate was the benefit Great. of the Patriots. And you forfeited this and forfeited that. Hold on that. a second. I There's can't hear you. Spatters. Let me take the There's rings out of my ears. Yeah. in Gillette. Yeah. I want so, one in the big okay. house. Yeah. Period. End of story. Because yesterday it was about beating Alabama and outcoaching Nick Saban. And it sure looked like Michigan accomplished that mission. Oh, this feels so great. I don't know how, I don't know how to handle it.